Hello, everyone. Great to be live with you. Let me know if you can hear me okay. I was having a few audio issues. Sorry for the little delay. Um, we do have the breaking news that federal judge Kenneth Hoyt has ordered the arrest of Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips associated with the lawsuit from Connect against True the Vote. Let me know how the audio sounds. Uh, I was there in the hearing today, and I'm going to go through my court notes with you since uh, recording was not allowed. You're not allowed to bring video or audio devices into the courtroom. Um, before I go through my notes, I do want to show you guys that someone did bring video recording device into the courtroom, and they did record the arrest of Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht. It is now on social media, and I'm going to show that to you. Here in, on, on Truth Social is the recording from the courtroom where I was today as U.S. Marshals uh, brought Catherine and Greg out of the courtroom. They were not cuffed or anything like that, but they were, they were arrested for not disclosing their secret source in relation to the leak of data associated with Connect election software company. You can see Catherine in the blue shirt there. And those are the U.S. Marshals. There's Greg. They are escorting her out, her and him out of the room. Again, I did not record this, but someone recorded this video in the courtroom. Uh, normally not allowed to record in federal court. But there you can see it did indeed happen. Oop. Okay, with that being said, I'm going to break down uh, the judge's reasoning for this. Now, as we were walking into the courthouse today, I uh, crossed paths with Catherine Engelbrecht. She looked pretty troubled and upset, you know, calm but upset. And um, she and, uh, and another... And another reporter and I were talking and she, she said, I'm just, I'm not going to release a name. So I guess I'll get arrested. I asked her, why wouldn't you release the name of someone that Greg called a coward on truth social? Catherine told me that was a moment of frustration for Greg. That's pretty much all she said. I'm referencing a true social post that Greg Phillips made over the weekend um, in which he said that this undisclosed source is a coward and they're going to jail for it. I don't know if his post is still up there. I was scanning through, couldn't find his post, but I have a screenshot of it. Uh, it says, uh, Greg Phillips wrote, when the story of Connect, the FBI and Catherine and I is finally told, I guarantee you, you will be shocked. In June, I said 10 times bigger than mules. I was wrong a thousand times. As Catherine says, what you know about Kanek is a snowflake in a glacier. It's a story of cowardice, espionage, and treason. The person we are protecting is self-important. He is inconsequential to the story. He has no risk. He is afraid. We are going to jail because he is a coward siding with the FBI. Hashtag Patriot Games. Can you guys hear me okay? All right. So Greg Phillips wrote a scathing truth post about this person he's protecting, calling him a coward, inconse inconsequential to the story. 
So my question is, why would Greg, Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht be willing to go to jail for this guy when the judge is asking them to confidentially disclose this, the name of this person to him? I don't know, but it's interesting times. Checking your comments. Um, First Amendment, free of the press. A lot of people see this as a free press case, calling Catherine Engelbrecht a journalist, and she's protecting her source. Now, this person was not the direct source of the breached data. This person was in the room with the source of the breached data. They have already turned over the name of the person who was the source of the breached data. That happened in a hearing in this same lawsuit back on October 6th. So... The big question is, why won't they disclose the third person? Um, Before I go any further, I want to bring up a um, Houston Chronicle headline. If you don't bring up mainstream media headlines, YouTube likes to delete your videos and censor you, possibly delete your whole page. So I'm going to show the Houston Chronicle here. They actually wrote an article um, yesterday on this case. They totally missed the story on Thursday. They were not in the courtroom. But somehow they have this article up about what happened. They probably got the information from me. Anyway, headline says, Houston voting nonprofit claims role as FBI informants who spurred investigation into software company Connect Inc. The founder and a contractor for a Houston nonprofit testified under oath last week that they uh, They were former FBI confidential informants who worked alongside law enforcement during a 16-month investigation into a software company. They alleged shared election poll worker data with the Chinese government. Catherine Engelbrecht, founder of True the Vote and contractor Greg Phillips, accused Connect Inc., a Michigan-based company specializing in election logistics software, of allowing the Chinese government to access a server in China that held the personal information, including social security numbers, phone numbers, bank account numbers, and addresses of nearly 2 million U.S. election workers. There's an old image of Catherine, and it's interesting. The caption below says that she has sowed doubts about ballots and, and voting for more than a decade. That's an interesting way to word it. You know, you could say the mainstream media has sowed doubt about Russia for years. You know, saying having news that is critical of something sows doubt of something. But you, we want to be critical of our elections and make sure they're secure. And I, I feel that is what uh, Catherine has tried to do. Um, anyway, I just wanted to show the YouTube gods that the mainstream media is covering this. I'm not conspiracy theorizing. And now we can proceed with what I actually covered on the ground in the courtroom as the reporter who was there, unlike the Houston Chronicle, who was not in the room. In fact, there were only four reporters, as I could see, in the room. Three small website reporters and myself. All right. So we, we uh, you know, like I said, Catherine and I spoke briefly at the beginning. Um, and then they, they all sit down. The judge shows up around 15 minutes late. Judge Kenneth Hoyt, um, he said he was late because he was just served the court filing uh, that True the Vote had filed back on Friday. True the Vote filed a couple of affidavits, including text messages with the FBI. On Friday, Judge Kenneth Hoyt just this morning saw those. He was reviewing those and um, 
they filed that they had filed that in hopes that Hoyt would change his mind about arresting them. I have a copy of said affidavit here. As we know, the judge was not convinced. I'm going to bring this affidavit up on the screen so you can see what they were saying. You can see the uh, text messages with the FBI. Um, here it is, filed on October 28th in U.S. District Court, Southern District of Texas. Headline, Defendant Submission of Evidence in Furtherance of Request to Purge Finding of Contempt. They have affidavits from Greg, Catherine, as well as the criminal complaint against Eugene Yu, CEO of uh, Connect, and the conditions of release for Eugene. You see, the federal judge has not wanted to acknowledge the arrest of the CEO of Connect at all, saying that is a completely separate case, even though this lawsuit against True the Vote is a defamation lawsuit saying that True the Vote lied intentionally about Connect when it said that there was um, it, vulnerable information about U.S. elections being housed in China. Yet Eugene Yu was arrested for the same reasons, but the judge doesn't want to acknowledge that. So they included this criminal complaint in their court filings and hope the judge would actually look at it and acknowledge that. But uh, here is Greg Phillips' affidavit. And... He says in part here, uh, here's a key part of it, with regard to subsection 5, um, which is the, um, the court's, subsection 5 was a previous court filing um, in regards to the restraining order. Uh, so he says, with regards to that subsection, to the best of my personal knowledge, the name and identity of the person or organization uh, who accessed the electronic information from a computer as alleged in the complaint was revealed in open court during hearing on October 6th. So he's, he's saying, you guys are, you're trying to throw us in jail for not releasing a name, but the key name that you need to know, we already released. And he says, to be precise, it is my understanding that the computer in question may not have been actually owned by Connect as that term is commonly understood. The computer was not owned by Connect. It was owned by someone in China, he's saying. Upon information, belief, the server from which the information was accessed is located in China, says Greg. Um, so he's saying we didn't hack into, we did not hack into a Connect computer. And Greg and Catherine have both said it wasn't us who, it was not us who hacked into it. It was someone else who obtained that, that information, we gave you that guy's name. Um, then there's the affidavit from Catherine Engelbrecht uh, saying that this is a true and accurate copy of her text with the FBI. So here are her texts with the FBI. Uh, Special Agent Bruce Fowler from the Detroit, Michigan Division. Um, they were communicating on Signal. Um, and here's just back and forth of them um, scheduling calls with each other. Um, she's, she's asking him to remind her what information he needs from her. He says information on Mi Michigan-centric details, financial data that may have been compromised, info regarding the Australian 
subsidiary and alleged civil suit. I did not receive an email after our last conversation. Um, so then it goes on to We Win, who's also known as Bobby Nugent. He is a special agent for the FBI in the San Antonio division. And back on Thursday when Catherine testified, she says it was this man, a special agent, Wynn, who called her this summer, letting her know that the FBI division in Washington, D.C. had gotten involved in this case, turned everything around, and instead wanted to go after True the Vote instead of going after, uh, after Connect. He was um, giving her a heads up that they might want to, quote unquote, take the nuclear option and, let, and, and bring this to the public because the FBI was trying to shut down True the Vote, he said. And um, so that's what they ended up doing. That's, what, that's when True the Vote held their The Pit event in August and divulged this information, which then led to Connect filing a lawsuit saying you're lying. But then a month later, their own CEO gets arrested. So it appears to the vote wasn't lying based on that arrest. Um, and her last message to him um, was September 22nd. She's saying that we we took the nuclear option, like you said, uh, on and on. She says, I am very concerned about everyone's safety at this point. Please do whatever possible to help ensure that name never comes out. I can provide you with whatever you may need. And he never responded. You'll notice um, there's a point where the FBI agents stop responding. Christina, a.k.a. KK, was another special agent for the FBI in San Antonio, um, the third and final FBI agent whose conversations Catherine released in court filings to prove that they were indeed working for 15, 16 months on this case in regards to connect. And you can see her last message to Christina was October 12th. Uh, She's saying we've been drugged into a vicious lawsuit filed against us by connect. Um, Initially, Christina actually responded to her. She said, unfortunately, I'm on temporary assignment out of state until January. Do you still have Bobby's number? Bobby is that we win agent who gave the tip to Catherine to watch out. But October 12th was the last message that Kay sent to Catherine. And after that, she ghosted Catherine. Catherine and True the Vote have now been ghosted by the FBI after working for 15, 16 months together. The final filing here um, is in regards to the CEO of Connect and his arrest warrant, um, which begins count one on or between October 10th and October 4th, October 10th of 2019 and October 4th of 2022, the County of Los Angeles, the crime of conspiracy to commit a crime, a violation of penal code section 182A1, a felony was committed by Eugene Yu who did unlawfully conspire together with another person or persons who identifies as known and unknown to commit the crime of embezzlement of public funds in violation uh, of the penal code, a felony. Um, and this, this is quite lengthy, but you can find it in the official court filings, um, which I retrieve from PACER.
Okay. So I want to get into what was said in court today. Um, checking your comments. I know you're saying it's kind of hard to follow. Um, it is a bit of a convoluted case. So let me just break down the timeline one more for you guys, one more time for you guys. Greg Phillips works on projects with True the Vote and Catherine Engelbrecht, projects regarding regarding elections and make sure our elections are secure and that each vote actually counts. January of 2021, Greg was approached by uh, uh, an alleged hacker to meet. They, they did a secret meeting in a Dallas hotel room, January of 2021. Greg Phillips said in court on Thursday that he, this alleged hacker, and a third person all met in a hotel room. They stuffed towels under the door to make sure nobody could hear them. Connect is saying the stuffing of the towels proves they know what they were doing was illegal, but they wanted it to be quiet. In that room, they poured over data for about three to four hours, many terabytes of data that showed uh, millions of data, uh, millions of uh, levels of data. Uh, it was 1.8 million election workers, but then there was more data than that. Uh, that this alleged hacker found through an open door in a server in China that connected to Connect. So Greg Phillips then went, drove to Houston and told Catherine Engelbrecht about it. Greg said on Thursday that he took no photos or notes the whole time that he was looking at this data because the judge wanted to see that. He said, I don't have any photos or notes. I didn't take a copy, but I just drove and told Catherine. And then uh, after that, he and Catherine told the alleged hacker to call the FBI, this was serious. They all got involved with the FBI. And as you could see in the text I just showed you, that Catherine and Greg, Catherine in those texts, communicated with the FBI for months, working on more details in regards to uh, figuring out whether our elections have been compromised in connection with China. Okay. So it was 15, 16 months later in summer of 2022 that special agent we win, also known as Bobby Nugent, calls Catherine and says, watch out, our DC office just got involved and they're trying to make you the enemy, not, not China and connect. And she said, oh boy, he said, you might want to take it to the public. So she does that. August, she holds the pit event where she lets the public know what they have uh, found so far. September of 2022, connect sues through the vote in regards to what they just said about their connection to China. October 2022, this month, is when the CEO of Connect gets arrested for doing just what Catherine and True the Vote said he did. Catherine and True the Vote then told the judge, I think we should just dismiss this, uh, basically, you know, dismiss this um, defamation suit because the arrest of the CEO proves our point. The judge says this that arrest is a totally separate case. We're still going forward with this. Thursday of this week, the judge said, if you do not divulge the names of everyone who has seen this hacked data, then you are going to jail, Catherine and Greg. Here comes Monday, 
Indeed, they did not disclose any further names, so they were arrested. The judge said today he's going to hold Catherine and Greg um, under arrest until they divulge the names of any other people involved. So I'm going to look through this. So, so the attorney for the, the one attorney, one of the main attorneys had a pre-scheduled cruise and um, the judge asked if he had made it into court. He, they said, no, he did not. So attorney Michael Wynn is the lead counsel. Um, that attorney had previously told the judge, I can't make it on Monday. And the judge said, that's none of my business. We're sticking with Monday. So one of the attorneys for true, the vote was missing. Um, I'm just reading through my notes now. So attorney Wynn says the affidavit from Greg says that Mr. The man whose name we're not releasing. They talked about this name in court. We're not going to put the name out because Catherine Engelbrecht and true the vote say he's already, uh, facing threats, the man who was the original hacker. She, he, so the attorney reiterated in court today, this alleged hacker is the only person who accessed the data because what was shown on the screen is something that was already done. Greg Phillips does not actually know the specifics of how it was done. He did an educated speculation on known vulnerabilities Greg showed open source material online to show how it might have been done, but because he didn't do it, he can't swear that this is how it was done. The attorney is trying to make clear Greg Phillips doesn't actually know exactly how this how this data was obtained from China. Neither True the Vote nor Phillips has retained access to the hacked data, the attorney said. Only the FBI and the original alleged hacker have that information. Uh, the attorney said he spoke with the FBI yesterday and confirms that the third person, the third person in that room whose name they're refusing to disclose is a confidential informant. So therefore they're still not going to disclose his name. He's an FBI confidential informant. Um, the, the attorney was tracking down whether releasing this man's name will compromise any FBI agent. The attorney asked for six hours, six more hours to confirm whether, whether this man, his name can be released. The judge said, that's not something I have any interest in going back and forth on. Judge says that he has never gotten a straight answer on who was in the room, in that hotel room, and how many people were there. The judge, by the way, was in a better mood today. Thursday, that judge was angry from the start. Today, he was actually calm. But he told them, I've never got a straight answer on who was in that hotel room in Dallas in January 2021 and how many people you're saying it's three. But how do I know? There could be more names that you're hiding from me. And uh, he, the judge said the way that Catherine and Greg talked suggested that true, that true the Vote did have access to the hacked data and that they're just saying they don't now. Um. He says, the judge said it was public knowledge that True the Vote said that they had this info and that they gave the info to law enforcement agencies. I mean, we just saw her text exchange. So the judge is saying, if you're turning over information to law enforcement agencies, what information are you turning over? It's the hacked data, isn't it? Even though you say you don't have a copy of it. So the judge is saying, I don't believe you. 
Um, how could they disclose it to the FBI, he said, if they didn't have the data? So the judge is like, I do not believe you guys. The judge says he's tried every way he can to get this data from Catherine and Greg, and it's been going on for weeks. The judge is concerned about intimidating the people conducting the elections. The judge is saying the reason he's escalating this to arrest is because midterms are around the corner and the workers who work at big election districts across the nation um, associated with Connect, they could face intimidation in working the polls November 8th. So the judge did bring that up and um, yeah, he wants to get this hacked data from Catherine and Greg, the data that they said they don't have because um, he wants to make sure that none of it, that, that they don't leak any of it to the public. That's part of the temporary restraining order uh, filed by Connect and approved by the judge. The judge says he has read through the new filing and both the clients say that they know the third, per- that they know the third person and they have some sort of special agreement with the FBI to not disclose, but they won't, they won't even disclose his name confidentially. The judge said, Greg, you can tell me quietly who this third person in the hotel room is. I have the highest clearance in the nation as a federal judge. Just tell me, Greg. And Greg wouldn't even tell the judge confidentially. The judge says he, he is concerned about national security. He's saying, Greg, if you're concerned about national security and releasing this guy's name because he works on the border in regards to cartels, The judge is saying, I'm concerned about that too, Greg, so why won't you tell me his name? Um, The judge says uh, that the lawsuit is not between Mr. Yu, enter the vote. No one has arrested or indicted the corporation, the judge said. And this lawsuit is about the corporation. So again, the judge is saying, I am not looking at the arrest of the CEO of Connect because this is a lawsuit between Connect Incorporated and True the Vote, not between Eugene Yu and True the Vote. That was pretty eyebrow raising. Attorney Wynn uh, says that um, Greg Phillips, attorney Wynn, he's the attorney representing True the Vote. He says that Greg Phillips never had the data because it was too many terabytes. And the judge responded today in court and said, I don't know that, and you don't know that either. And the attorney said, I, I don't know that. That's true. So they're taking Greg Phillips' word for it that he does not have the data because Greg said it was too many terabytes to begin with. Uh, so then the uh, the plaintiff's attorneys spoke, uh, attorney representing Connect, and the attorneys, uh, he said the attorneys for both parties spoke at sunrise this morning. No agreement was reached on releasing the info. He said the confidential informant may need to be added as a party in the lawsuit. The, he said the fact that True the Vote won't release this man's name is a red herring. He's more important to them than the original hacker whose name was released October 6th because this third guy, they're protecting him more than the guy who actually obtained the data from China. Uh, the plaintiff's attorney said the gaps in this story the gaps in the story has changed dramatically, and that's alarming to them. They, they feel like Greg and Catherine have gaps in their story that are changing. 
the judge then said, um, he, the judge brought up an exhibit that was offered into evidence Thursday. That exhibit was a photo of someone believed to be the original hacker. Uh, the judge and the plaintiff's attorney are trying to nail down the exact identity of this alleged hacker because all they got was a spoken name in court. So they bring up this photo Thursday and Catherine said, I don't know who that is. I'm not sure if that's the hacker or not. Uh, the judge brought this back up today and he said that that photo was brought up under seal. Um, there was some communication about whether the photo was the informant. He asked, has the plaintiff wanted to put the picture in the public domain? And the plaintiff's attorney said, no, he does not want to put the picture in the public domain. Cause look, if this ends up not being the hacker, whoever it is, is going to sue connect out the wazoo for bringing that photo to the public and pretending that it's the hacker. So if everyone agreed, just keep the photo private. Um, the true the vote attorney then said he doesn't want the photo disclosed because we don't know who this person is and the media could take it out of context. So then the judge said, Having previously held defendants in contempt, the court finds that after time to cure the holding of contempt, it is ordered that Greg and Catherine are, are ordered detained for one day or longer by U.S. Marshals until they comply. The judge then told the U.S. Marshals, quote, take them into custody. And that's how the hearing went today. It was a much shorter hearing than on Thursday. I'm looking at your comments here, asking if the judge is on the Chinese payroll. Yes, a lot of uh, people are, are saying this looks like a compromised judge. This looks like an activist judge. Um, it's just, it is interesting that he won't even acknowledge the arrest of the CEO of Connect, the founder of this company. Um, you can't arrest a corporation. The judge today said, well, the corporation wasn't arrested and that's the corporation is the one, the party in this lawsuit. You can't arrest a corporation, but the, bit, the closest thing would be to arrest the man who founded the corporation for, for what he's doing. Now, Catherine's um, text messages that were released in, in the court, which I previously showed you, you'll notice that one of her text exchanges with the FBI agent mentioned Australia. Indeed, it is true that Connect had a contract with Australia as well, and Australia had some issues with its election. So I'm going to show you an article that's been in the Australian press. YouTube, this is the Australian press. Okay. Headline, state government's use of Chinese company for election website was reckless, P, uh, MP says. A federal MP has slammed the use of a Chinese company to support the administrative process of local government election, which he says could have put Queenslanders' personal data at risk. Quote, the safety of electoral information has been called into question after the Queensland government used a Chinese-owned company to support administrative processes at local government elections. Herbert M.P. Philip Thompson lashes out, lashed out at Queensland Attorney General Yvette, labeling the most the move reckless and concerning. In early 2018, the Electoral Commission of Queensland signed a deal with Connect to create a new management system that would feed vote, direct, uh, vote counts directly to a website. So I don't know. I think 
I don't know. Are they being sued? Maybe, um, maybe Connect should sue, you know, sue the Australian government for being racist and xenophobic talking about the Chinese, the Chinese company, because that's what they're doing to true the vote. Connect is suing true the vote, uh, for definite defamation saying they're racist and xenophobic for, for bringing this up. And, uh, they're saying, look, our hacker simply showed and we verified that there was an open door in a Chinese server to U.S. election information. And that was alarming to us. Um, anyways, Australia is saying they've had a similar situation there. I think that's um, I mean, that's a big update from today. I'm going to I'm going to look over your text your messages here. Um, thanks for the super chat, Peckerwood. What's the next step to do? They go to trial for discovery or are they scared of discovery? That's why they jailed them early. Well, this, this isn't a criminal case. It, it's a, um, it's a lawsuit, but the next step is holding them in jail until they release the information that the judge ordered them to release. As you'll recall, I, I've read from my notes that the attorney in the hearing today said that he wanted six more hours to check with the FBI on whether it was okay to release the FBI's uh, confidential informant. And so I'm assuming that's what the attorney's doing right now. And perhaps the FBI will give the okay to release this confidential informant. But like Greg Phillips said on his true social this informant is actually, he's not an informant of this case. He was just there. He's not the one who obtained the hacked data. He was just there. And Greg is saying, we're not disclosing his name because he's a coward who told us not to disclose it. So maybe they will disclose it. As soon as they disclose that name, the word is Catherine and Greg will be released from jail, unless the judge says, I think there were more people in that room. Cause like the judge said today, he's like, I don't know how many people were in that room. How do we, how do we take your word for it? It is a strange situation. I do get the vibe that the judge is just trying to um, be ruthless with true the vote. Um. It's just, it, it's a weird, it's just really weird that he won't talk about the arrest of Eugene Yu and that he needs, needs names of fairly irrelevant people. Um, here's another super chat. Thank you, Basil. This is scary stuff, folks. Feels like we're dealing with Soviet style political persecution. It, it does feel a little bit that way. Um, did they both go to Harris County Jail? I'm not sure what jail uh, federal arrests are taken to. I have to check that after afterwards. Wow, you just sent me a cash app, Devin. Thank you so much. You said thanks for doing this. I really appreciate the support. Um, every little donation helps my independent journalism. Um, that way I can actually cover this instead of working for someone who won't let me cover it. If you'll notice, I used to work for Fox, and Fox was not in that courtroom. Fox doesn't want people to know about this uh, organization who uh, that has 
put so much time and resources into making sure that um, every vote actually counts, um, you would think that would be applauded, but instead it's ridiculed um, by media. You know, as a journalist, you know, I went to formal journalism school and we were taught that the most sacred thing you can cover is elections, you know. And um, now when we're covering a group that is investigating whether your vote actually counts, it's rule ridiculed as casting doubt on elections. How dare true the vote cast doubt on elections? We all need to question elections and look into whether it's what, whether our votes really counting um, instead of just taking it, you know, as given and turning a blind eye as it appears a lot of media does. So uh, interesting times, but I do really wonder why they won't disclose that third person. It seems like you guys disclosed the name of the hacker. So a third guy who wasn't even the hacker put a, put his name out. You're calling him a coward, but you won't release his name. You're going to jail for a coward. It doesn't make sense. I, I want some more answers on what the heck is really going on. Um, good point. Beach Bungalow has a good point. You can't hack a door that's already opened. They said it was an open door in a Chinese server. Basil, thank you for the super chat. Will this live stream be available for replay? Yes, it will, um, unless YouTube deletes it. But my YouTube videos feed over to Rumble and BitChute. I am on all, all those platforms. So you can find me on Rumble and BitChute if for some reason this video disappears. Pray for my YouTube channel. My YouTube agent gave me advice not to cover elections on YouTube because YouTube likes to delete all, all the election coverage they can that, you know, might not be in the narrative. But I said, you know, I've got to cover this. I can't just act like this is not happening like the rest of the media is. Can you believe the rest of the media seems to be acting like this isn't happening? Um, all right. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm looking at your comments. Um, you said something about Tim Cast. Uh, oh, thank you. You said you proud of me. Thanks. Um, do I have a backup channel? No, YouTube is actually really, really. YouTube is really slick. If they delete your main channel, they check your IP address and any other ch channels related to that get deleted too. So they make it incredibly hard for you to have a backup channel on YouTube. It's pretty intense. So I'm, I'm praying I can keep this channel. Um, Michelle says, why doesn't the judge compel the FBI to produce the name that he wants? Good point, right? Go to the FBI. You guys all work for the federal government. The judge is a federal employee. The FBI agents are federal employees. You guys can all talk with each other and get that guy's name. Such a great point, uh, Michelle. Um, so when you think all this through, it's, it, it, you come down to wonder, is the judge just trying to make Catherine and Greg suffer so they'll stop doing the work that they're doing? I wonder. I'm not sure. 
because he, he definitely seems like he could just reach out to the FBI. In fact, I wonder why the plaintiff's attorneys haven't already set that up. Plaintiff's attorneys should have got with the FBI and, um, and said, hey, we need to get this guy's information. This is vital to our company. Um, we need to know who that third person is to make sure he doesn't release the data because that's what this is allegedly all about. They just don't want their employees' social security numbers out there, and they're scared through the vote is going to release social security numbers. That's allegedly what this whole lawsuit is about. And um, so the fact that they're not getting that from the FBI makes you wonder about their true, their true intentions. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. And um, I'll keep you guys updated as I have more details on this case. So hit, uh, hit subscribe. Thanks for the likes and comments. It helps my algorithm. Oh, hit the notification bell, too, because people have been telling that that even though you're subscribed to me, I, I don't even come through your feed. YouTube has pun punished me for previous videos, so they might be putting their algorithm against me right now. So hit the notification bell on my channel as well, and I will see you guys later. Thanks for the support.